1: Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. With me this week, Kieran Deal. Hello. And Grace Parra. Hello. <laughs> I'm doing some weird-ass voices today. <laughs> You're in a voice kick. <laughs> then we check in with Alyssa Mastermonico in a new Uterus Weekly, and Blair and Z-Way return with their segment, Let's Get Uncomfy. We've also got updates on some female candidates we've highlighted, and as always, we end with the hills we'll die on. ladies. Let's just get into it. Uh, We're getting close to election day. Uh, Getting close to election day always kind of feels like how I'd imagine it would feel to get close to a black hole. (laughs) Like my body is stretching out. I can't escape it. Uh, Nothing makes any sense. The laws of physics don't apply. I feel like I'm going to turn into spaghetti and break into a million pieces. Uh, But the good news is the difference between election day and a black hole is that you can escape election day. It comes. And if you do your job, you get out in one piece. If you don't, you're fucked. But if you do your job, you get out in one piece. And uh, Vote Save America is here to help you navigate the awful black hole that is the um, the media cycle in the the days leading up to the election. Right now, Vote Save America has a new interactive voter guide that can help you get smart about everything on your state's ballot. Here's a funny story. Mm. So my boyfriend was like talking to me about like looking over California voting stuff. And he was like, we can sit down and go over it together and you can tell me. You know, you can tell me about what you know the candidates and stuff, and I was like, actually, you can just go to Vote Save America, and he responded like, oh, I thought that was something we could do together.
2: <laughs> I, was oh. like, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 Burned. but look,
1: I <laughs> I could help you, but like, just go online, my dear, <laughs> just go online and search for the bell. Anyway, but it but, is
2: impressive. It the, is so impressive. I I, I am. Uh, delighted and astounded and I don't know uh, every single person who put this uh, together but it is so cool if you haven't checked it out it's really 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 amazing
1: yeah and it's like you can see just it in very plain English not mm-hmm. scare language you can see exactly what each candidate you know who they are what they stand for what the different ballot measures are the ballot measures part is the part that I like the best because like the numbers mean nothing to me there's some
2: weird stuff in California have you voted yet I have not voted yet okay so we're voting on daylight savings time this year yeah very very fancy get
1: rid of it I said
2: yeah me too I said I'm a a hard pass on daylight savings time get rid of it
3: mine has been sent in already so oh yeah and somebody somebody also put a note in here it's not a big deal I voted already, guys. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> MVD just did Somebody
1: it. put in here they made dope cookies. Was that you Karen or was it that, that, oh, okay. that was me. Oh, it was me. They yeah. did make the dope
3: cookies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the box. Mm-hmm. Love the cookies. Yeah. They have the date on it and
1: everything. Yeah. yeah. Delightful. Yeah, it was great. It kind of became incorporated into you. And that's why you voted the cookies, like, like imbued you with the yes, essence of democracy. Yes, it was the democracy. cookies that made
3: me vote. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. Had it not been for cookies. Had it uh, not been for those, I don't know if
1: I would have been swayed. Let's get into quick news. There's a lot of stuff today. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I want to talk a little bit. I mean, we're getting close to Halloween. And, you know, I'm wearing a shirt today that says Wolfman, Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula on it. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I All have them. I have a Halloween one that's.
2: Got a little picture of a ghost on it, and then it says, "I'm not your boo." That's cute. It's cute. I mm.
3: like
1: it. Kieran,
2: what's your Halloween shirt?
3: We don't have one.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got to get you a Halloween shirt. They sell them at CVS. You can buy Halloween. Oh bits, wow! Right? If it's and your CVS. Underwear too. <laughs> I just
3: <laughs> wear my underwear from CVS as a hat.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm crazy. That's
3: that's my costume. <laughs>
1: Well, there were some witches doing witch stuff, and they placed a mass hex on Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh during a New New York protest ritual. Um, The spell, which was live streamed on Facebook as, you know, typical spell stuff, you live stream it, right? Naturally. (laughs) And Instagram. I think Instagram is the witchier of the two. For sure. It's more visual. Yeah. It's
2: a little, yeah, it's a little spookier. Like just the the process of scrolling feels a little bit spooky. Like you're moving your finger up and down. Yeah. It's a wand. Yeah.
1: And I also think when I'm looking at it, I follow some like influencers and I spend the whole time looking at Instagram thinking like, who's taking these pictures? Mm. (laughs) You're sitting on a bench looking out a window. Like you staged this. There's something so spooky about how much everything on Instagram is just (laughs) staged. If it's a candid shot, it's like you, that was like, Take 15. But regardless, <laughs> the spell was live streamed on Facebook and Instagram on Saturday, and it also targeted, quote, all rapists and the patriarchy, which emboldens, rewards, and protects them. They cast a spell on the patriarchy. Guys, I think I think we finally solved it. I love
2: it. I, I love it.
1: I don't like this. You don't like it? I don't like this. Okay.
2: All right. All right. First
1: of all,
3: witches have been around since the 1600s, and now they're casting hexes and spells, it's still not working. Right. It's still not working, guys. Okay,
2: counterpoint. My mom does... This is maybe this is a Mexican mom thing. All of our Mexican listeners, Latin American listeners, tell me if this is applicable or just my mom. She does voodoo on people. She's got little voodoo dolls in our freezer. This is a real thing. What? Yes, this is real. In your freezer? Yeah. And I don't know. Are they
1: made of hot dogs?
2: I can't really see them. Well, because it's in her freezer, in my parents' freezer in Houston. So, (laughs) but I just, there's these little wrapped up, these little like, these little nuggets that are wrapped up in aluminum foil that she sticks in the very back of the freezer. And she always tells. Me, if there's somebody in my life that that I don't like or that's bothering me, she will do voodoo on them. So <laughs> she
3: she's a curandera. She does this. This is real. When I was in second grade, I had a friend who um, was kind of artistic, and she made these clay figures, like these clay, like little clay figures. And mm-hmm. then I remember she was like, and then she she used one as voodoo and she poked it in the stomach. And then she was like, and then she was like, somebody's gonna get a really bad stomach ache at lunch. And then she she got a really bad <gasps> stomach ache at lunch. No. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's so, real.
2: It's real. Well,
3: it also, you know, be careful what you put out there. I know.
2: Well, Rule look, of threes, right? I will say that I have, I have, I, to my own credit, I have never invoked the use of my mom's voodoo because she's like, it's very powerful stuff. So I've, I'm always too scared because I believe that. I believe that it could end up coming back to me. I don't want that shit.
1: Well, here's, here's my take on this. I think that... Not every single th- not every single thing that feminists n- do needs to be designed to like convince people to agree with them. I hate that idea. Like, no, yeah. you're not convincing anybody. to agree. It's like, fine. Maybe this is just for catharsis. Totally. You know, maybe this is just for. Maybe this is not for you. Maybe this is for me. Yeah. Um. Maybe this is a way for women who joined in casting a spell on Brett Kavanaugh to get together and and feel like a part of a community and acknowledge that they were part of a movement
3: and pee into jars and pee together into absolutely. Jars
1: together yeah exactly um but at the same time i think to karen's point if witchcraft was so great then (laughs) you'd think it would have been more effective but (laughs) what if witchcraft has prevented
2: like calamities that we don't even we can't even think of
3: Ooh, there's the premise for your ya novel
1: (laughs) (laughs) what calamity grace what if no witches what if no witches though
3: it, it's way worse it turns out
1: <laughs> so one thing i wanted at one point i wanted to make is like yeah of course cast spells on your enemies all you want but also do stuff that like has a proven track record of working like voting yes i think voting is is important uh canvassing making sure your friends are voting and um and if anything is happening where you are that is uh interfering with people's ability to vote you should make a big fucking stink about it like in georgia right now uh You know, it's a national story that people are interfering with the right of black people to cast their votes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that it's a big news story might actually change the outcome of the the election away from what the vote suppression party wants to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, cast spells all you want, but also, you know, fucking vote. Get in there. Get in there, man. So Hysteria has been doing something in the last few weeks. We have been highlighting female candidates that we're excited about. We've been talking about ballot measures in states that affect women's health. Um, We actually have a few updates from a few of the candidates that we have been highlighting. So here we go. Let's start with Cherise Davids.
3: Cherise Davids. She's a candidate for KS03. So here's the update. Aside from navigating a tough race, she's been the subject of racial harassment from a local GOP official who threatened her saying... Your radical socialist kickboxing lesbian Indian will be sent backpacking to the reservation. It's a tongue twister. Yeah, it's it's mean and also a tongue twister. Uh, That official has since resigned. um, But uh, this is the kind of rhetoric and vision for Kansas that Sharice is fighting so hard to change. Uh, Early voting is underway in the Sunflower State. So make sure you cast your vote. For Charisse Davis.
1: Um, also, can I just make a quick note? Radical socialist kickboxing lesbian Indian. I want to hang out with that person. That person sounds awesome. They sound amazing. Yeah.
3: it's a tongue twister. It I, is. I would say it's 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 a lot of words to put. This was an email, I think. He's. Uh, I think this guy sent this in an email. Yeah, for sure. Because I was like, you didn't say these words. Well, out this loud. wasn't on the
2: Today Show. That's for sure. Yeah, you know. I mean, they wouldn't have had time to think that up. That kind of reminds me of like the Republicans telling Beto, like, oh, he's a punk rocker who got a DUI and lives in Texas. Cool. I kind of want to hang out with that guy. Yeah, he's, as
1: long as he's turned his life around, he's not driving drunk anymore. That yeah, great.
2: But, but still playing that guitar. I want to hear that shit. Uh,
1: we also have some updates from Carolyn Long. Carolyn Long, yes, candidate in Washington's
2: 3rd District. So the latest campaign finance report for her race was released and showed that she raised, this is amazing, nearly triple the amount of GOP incumbent challenger. That's right. She brought in more than $1.75 million dollars. That is amazing. Between July and the end of September. Yeah, and that's not only it, but she just recently got endorsed by former Vice President Joe Biden. And he said, Congress needs more people like Carolyn who understand that working families need champions protecting their access to affordable health care and building
1: an economy that works for everyone.
2: Oh, that's great. Love that. That's that's good news all around.
1: Um, That's much more upbeat than the Sharice Davids update, which is, I can't imagine how tough you have to be in order to withstand that. Like, good for her. So we have another update from Angie Craig, who is a candidate for Minnesota second after a glossy in style magazine profile last week. Good for Angie. Craig sent the spent the weekend in back to back debates with GOP incumbent challenger Jason Lewis, who, by the way, sucks. Mm-hmm. He utterly sucks. Polls show that's my scientific opinion. Polls show that the race is leaning in Craig's favor. But of course, nothing can be taken for granted with just days left out until November 6th. So, Angie Craig is up. Mm. So that's that's Bombas. awesome. M- yeah, Minnesota people really, you know, really can bring it home for Angie Craig. So, I, and I that's like, not Minnesota
2: nice either. That's 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 just nice. That's just nice.
1: I also I also love the way it's like
3: nothing can be taken for granted with just days left until November 6th. I was like at Crooked Media, November 6th is is the the high holiday. It's the high <laughs> holiday of the year.
1: Guys, we are recording a Hysteria episode the day after Election Day, and I guarantee you that I will not have slept. And it's all for our listeners. And, oh, I love that. And for democracy. Yes. It's- <gasps> oh, God. Okay. Personal political. So this is a story that broke over the weekend, and when it broke, it uh, it just It sucks. It's a shitty story from a shitty group of people trying to do shitty things. The Trump administration is, quote, spearheading an effort to establish a legal definition of sex under Title IX, the federal civil rights law that bans gender discrimination in education programs that receive government financial assistance. That's from The New York Times. The definition would narrowly define gender as a biological, immutable condition determined by genitalia at birth. The Department of Health and Human Services, which, by the way, if you're paying attention to HHS, it's not that exciting. uh, It's not that exciting a department. But the Trump administration has been quietly staffing it with fucking zealots, Mm -hmm. like since day one, just Mm -hmm. zealots uh, when it comes to women's health and when it comes to sex. HHS is now insisting that key agencies like labor, HHS, justice and education need to adopt a uniform definition of gender as determined, quote, on a biological basis that is clear grounded in science objective, and administratable. Uh, That's really interesting because they love science when it (laughs) allows them to exclude people, but they don't love science when it might require them to rein in fossil fuel consumption. (laughs) But regardless, the the now science-loving Republicans, uh, the agency's proposed definition would define sex as either male or female, unchangeable, and determined by the genitals that a person is born with. Any dispute about one's sex would have to be clarified using genetic testing. Uh, okay, so this is, aside from many Obama-era policies that extended to school, school restrooms, healthcare access, federal prisons, that for the most part recognized gender identity as an individual's choice, from the New York Times, the new definition would essentially eradicate federal recognition of an estimated 1.4 million Americans. Transgender people and allies took to social media to protest the administration's recent efforts using the hashtag, won't be erased. Karen, when you first heard about this, what, what were your thoughts?
3: I read one of the articles that was by a young girl. She was talking about her experiences and she interviewed high school students who were, you know, affected. And for me, that really hit because it's like, oh, yeah, there's like there's people in high school. There's people who are young people who are essentially being told by an administration that, oh, you might not matter. You might not be a person. Yeah, Yeah. it's just it was very disappointing. and It was very poignant, I thought, to hear the um, the perspectives of. Those children.
1: Yeah, I mean, Grace. Do you think that the point of this? I mean, there was an article in the Atlantic recently that was the headline was "The Cruelty" as the point. Do you think mm. this is an, another example of the people who uh, a certain a certain ilk in the Trump administration just wanting to beat up on a group that their base likes to see beaten up on? I do. Um, I think that I think what
2: you're pointing at is something that that I'm, I'm trying to keep in mind with. <sighs> with regard to the fact that every week um, there's a new put upon minority group. And that is not to, to, uh, I say that because I think what we're seeing is an attack on the other generally. Mm. And, mm-hmm. and, and and what is so disheartening about this is, uh, Karen, to your point, um, there are just so many young people affected by this particular um, demonstration. And uh, yeah, I, I think that, that there is just sort of a base level of cruelty. Um, And it's because change scares this administration and it's because it it comes from a place of wanting to keep a status quo that doesn't actually exist. And it's because there's a a desire to forget the fact that multiculturalism and that uh, a variety of of backgrounds is what kind of makes up the fabric of this country. Mm -hmm. Um, I also just think that this is pretty arbitrary and
1: I don't get it. I don't get That's I don't get It's not scientifically why. founded. Uh, no, there's no reason also for like, this either. Yeah, what about intersex people? Like it's it's the they're trying to to evoke science in something in a way that is totally contrary to all the science around exactly. gender and sex.
2: Exactly, exactly. And and it makes me also realize that all this makes me want to do is to reach out more to trans people and to help them more because you know, we we are are I think a heteronormative group here at Hysteria today. And um, all of us are allies and all of us care very deeply about this cause, which is why we wanted to bring it up. But I think that we can't, regardless of what platform we have and what platforms our listeners might have, we can't hear enough from the trans community, um, especially in light of this. Because yeah, if 100%. for whatever reason they are not visible enough to consider to be considered as valuable and important to our administration, then that, that means that we are not doing our job to, to force their voices out there as often as possible.
1: hmm One of the things I was thinking about is that I think that the bet that the right is making here is that the people in power will abandon the people that don't have power. And one thing I will say is, you know, to to our trans and non-binary listeners, if you have stories of how this is affecting you personally, you can get in touch with us and we'll share it on a future episode if you give us permission. Uh, Hysteria at com. I also want to say that, like... You know, if you're a person who's in an empowered group, it is your responsibility to use your energy and your power to lift other people up yes. in moments like this. You might not be a pers- one of the 1.4 million trans people in this country, but if you have the energy to fight for them, you have to. It yes. is like the yes. only morally defensible position to take. You have to fight for these people.
2: I um, had somebody close to me in my life, family member. Uh, I, I sent an article the other day about uh, the surge of voters that were popping up in Houston the first day that voting was was allowed. And uh, he was like, yeah, oh, I didn't see that because I'm on a, a, a media blackout until after the midterms. And I was like, really? You're just not gonna? And he's like, no, 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 no. It was like the whole Kavanaugh thing just made me like too freaked out, so I'm just just not just gonna ignore the news. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is one of the most reprehensible views that we can take as... As a nation and as individuals, too, if you are ignoring what's happening in the world around us, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing you're doing the the disenfranchised a disservice, too. So that's why I will say we have to seek out these stories no matter how gruesome they are. And we have to inundate ourselves with as much information as possible, especially if it's hard to take and especially if it's not pleasant, because otherwise we can't stand up for the people that don't
1: have platforms and that that are voiceless. You can read more about this yourself on uh, under the hashtag Won't Be Erased, but we also have some organizations that can help out. Uh, yeah, so
3: how, you know, what are things that you can do if you're a cis or hetero folks to support trans, intersex, non-binary folks during this time? Um, you can, number one, this is very big, kind of the theme of the episode is vote. Uh, November 6th, a.k.a. the um,
1: D-Day. Yeah. Democracy. Day. Yeah.
3: The, the, the D-Day of crooked media. Literally, people around here will be like, can't hang out until after Election Day. I have been saying that. Yeah. To people. people are like, after the election, after we'll get drinks after the election. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like the holiday time. Uh, if you need help figuring out your polling location, what's on your statewide ballot, then uh, VotesaveAmerica.com is available as a great resource for you. And number two is donate. There's organizations like the Transgender Law Center, Trans Lifeline, Lambda Legal. Trans Latina Coalition, the National Center for Transgender Equality, who are fighting to protect the rights of trans people and could use the additional resources now more than ever. Um, there will be the contact information in our show notes. So if you go to crooked.com, you can check that out.
1: Yeah. And again, you can get in touch with us, hysteria at crooked.com. And we're happy to direct you to, to resources or, you know, listen to your story. And if you're comfortable with us sharing it on a future show, we're happy to do that as well. All right, we have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to check in with Alyssa with Uterus Weekly, and then we're going to check in with Blair and Z-Way in a new Let's Get Unpacked.
4: Yeah. I have I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse (laughs) to be
1: uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time.
4: Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy! Viore is offering Hysteria listeners twenty percent off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com/hysteria. That's v-u-o-r-i.com/hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over seventy-five dollars and free returns. Go to viore.com/hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. We're back with more hysteria. Let's uh, let's get into what's going on this week with the government and reproductive rights. You know, it's funny. You and I were texting this morning, and you were like, "It doesn't really seem like there's been a lot going on." And when I was on my way into the studio today, I was thinking about it, and I realized it's because there's been so much going on. It's true. And every other week. That a kind of normal week of assault on reproductive
6: rights is just like something we shrug at now. I know. It can't be just like filler. It can't be the carnation of the news.
1: No, the carnation of the news. Some people really like carnations. So I do too, but we know, we know what it means. Yeah, totally. So, so one thing that I, I want to talk about this week with you is that the Trump administration is trying it again. So, uh, you know, they say the definition of insanity is trying something the same way over and over again and expecting different results. Well, the Trump administration, when it comes to reproductive rights, is trying the same thing over and over again. But in their case, they're getting some new results. And uh, in this case, they're working to expand the religious and moral exemption uh, that applies to the Obamacare era birth control benefit. And they want to expand that exemption to every employer. Alyssa, it's early in the morning for me, and I woke up like an hour ago. Can you explain that to our listeners in plain English?
6: So, well, first, I appreciate you thinking that Palo Alto's on a different time zone. Um, (laughs) You're
1: you're sleeping on East Coast time, Alyssa.
6: (laughs) It's true. I've been up for hours. So here's the bummer about what Trump's doing. And like we were just talking about, you know, you get onto Twitter, you turn on the news, and you're like, wow, We're doing bad things with the Saudis and Jared Kushner is on television talking about why it's awesome and why we can't judge people and how nobody's guilty until proven innocent that like this stuff flies totally under the radar. And so when you look at it, what he's doing, and this is something that we talked a bit about actually on Uterus Weekly back in June, which is they're expanding not just religious exemptions for covering birth control, but moral. And when you start talking about moral, it's there. There are no boundaries on what someone could consider moral grounds for denying women, um, you know, access or healthcare coverage for birth control. And so, he has done this. It's going. It could affect over 55 million cisgender women, and who knows how many trans or non-binary. Um, but the thing is, like, what are we gonna do? He. This is back in June. Do you remember the woman at Walgreens? I her name was Nicole, Nicole Ortega back mm-hmm. in Arizona. Yep. She goes in to get her prescription and the pharmacist says, I'm not going to give it to you because I, I oppose abortion. And she was less than 10 weeks pregnant, was told her fetus was not viable. And this was prescribed by her doctor. And for no reason other than the pharmacist not wanting to do it, she had to go above and beyond to ultimately secure the prescription. And right. so that is a micro example of what's going to happen across the country with, him putting, with Trump putting these two new rules in effect, saying that companies, uh, nonprofit or for-profit, don't have to cover this. So this means that if I was working somewhere and I still wanted my NuvaRing, which I use, the last time I had to buy a NuvaRing that wasn't covered by my health insurance, it was $35. That's a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that's really interesting. Uh, interesting, like, horrible interesting. Interesting, like, I, I want to lie down in a quiet room and not talk to anybody interesting. Under the proposed Trump plan, which doesn't have a plan for implementation, but right now it's kind of caught up in the courts, but they're trying it again. Under the proposed plan, employers would not have to register their moral objection anywhere. Right. They would just be able to stop. And that's uh, that's something that's really disturbing. And it's and it's only birth control. It's not other types of medications. It's not Viagra. Like if you find old men boning gross, then you're not allowed to morally object to that. Um, Because because honestly, it's none of your business what your employees are doing with their sex lives, as long as it doesn't interfere with their ability to perform their job. Also, you know, I was thinking about the pharmacist thing. I was reading something the other day and I'm sorry I didn't send you this link. So I'm just going to kind of brief you on it. The 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 sort of uh, pharmacist moral objection thing is happening everywhere and all the time. Recently, it happened in Michigan. Um, a woman who went to a Meijer, shout out to all the people from the Midwest who know Meyer store as well. A woman who went to Meijer uh, was having a miscarriage. She was prescribed a miscarriage drug, and the pharmacist refused to dispense it to her, which is like has nothing to do with abortion. It's just another way that the drug can be used. So they wouldn't dispense the drug even to be used for something that was completely not something that it's okay to morally object to. You can't morally object to a person having a miscarriage. It's a natural thing that happens, you know?
6: Yes, They're just doing so much so fast that it's impossible to keep up with. And then you look at this new article, which we were talking about, which is abortion pills by mail.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, um, a large percentage of American counties don't have abortion clinics, and a lot of states have so few abortion clinics that women who live inside of those states effectively have to go
6: elsewhere in order to obtain that sort of reproductive health care. And an interesting thing that I did not know is that while abortion is still, knock wood, legal here in America, um, self-managed abortion is considered criminal in many states. Mm-hmm. And so if you need to go get the pill, like going to the hospital and getting an abortion is one category. Trying to seek one, <laughs> apparently, by using a pill, which is considered self-managed, is, is actually criminal in some places. And so Dr. Rebecca Gompertz, who's a Dutch physician, has been keeping up with the plight of the American woman and has been trying to help. And it's pretty convoluted. Could you follow? I mean, it's like you need like a Venn diagram and a flow chart to figure out how this works.
1: Yeah, you need one of those kind of uh, a true detective season one style garage diagrams to figure it out for sure. So Dr. Gompertz is she's like she's a Dutch doctor, so she's able to write prescriptions. So what she does is she has a screening site on the Web uh, called Aid Access, where women who are under 10 weeks pregnant and live within an hour of a hospital who fit the the online screening process for, for qualifying for this medication, uh, those women will fill out a form on her website. She will call in the prescription to an Indian pharmacist. That she trusts. That she trusts, and the pharmacist will fill the prescription and mail it to the patient in the U.S. So it's actually kind of murky whether or not this is legal because uh, it's not technically legal to get prescriptions by mail generally Correct. speaking
6: especially from a foreign country
1: right um but it is it is uh, illegal and there are distribution requirements on one of the drugs that's required in obtaining a medicinal abortion um so you know it and and some of the the pushback on this is that you know it can't be safe to get drugs through the mail it can't be blah 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 but the reality is that uh carrying a pregnancy to term is is much less safe than obtaining a medicinal abortion only according to the daily beast only 22 Women have died over the course of the the drugs use, and it's very common. It's about one third of all uh, first trimester abortions. So, twenty two people out of the millions who have used the drug to obtain abortions is not a very big number. But yet, people are hand wringing over safety. Why do you think that is, Alyssa?
6: Well, well, because see, you can. You I guess in today's day and age, you can hide behind safety and you can hide behind morality. Um, but it is the the safety argument is. I guess if the if the pill here's the thing if they just let women get the pill in the United States it would be fine because they're both FDA approved. Miss mm-hmm. M- they're so hard to say. Misoprostol mm-hmm. and misopristone are FDA approved. They're considered essential medications by the World Health Organization. Yeah. And the reason that if women are doing this through the mail that it might not be safe is that if they have an ectopic pregnancy or they have side effects, the reason it's not safe is because if they go to a hospital to address their side effects, they could be arrested Mm -hmm. for having secured pills from another country to have an abortion, which would be considered self-managed abortion.
1: Right. And that's and that's enough. And especially, you know, if you're in a marginalized population, like if you're an undocumented person and you're trying to obtain an abortion, that's an entirely new world of of danger. And it's something that, you know, I know people would say that we're being hysterical for saying women get arrested, but women have gotten arrested.
6: Twenty one women have been arrested and some of those women who were arrested were imprisoned.
1: I mean, it, it, happens, it happens here, it happens elsewhere, and it's just something that we need to keep an eye on. One thing I wanted to talk about quickly before we went is, um, you know, there are other parts of the world besides America, believe it or not, even though the, the news here is just like a suffocating wet rag, um, but Northern Ireland is a place where abortion is really restricted and it's proving in real time how reduced access to abortion impacts women's health. Uh, basically, there is this big, uh, there's a there's a large study around um, how women who live in Northern Ireland deal with having abortions, and they will put off having them. They will uh, they'll make risky decisions around their health around their health care, and they'll just generally do things that they shouldn't have to do to obtain abortions in a part of the country where um, it's it's not legal. So. That's uh, that's something that's going on mm-hmm. elsewhere. If, I'm sure we have listeners who are in Ireland, Northern Ireland. If you have anything on the ground, you can get in touch with us. What well, do you, one go, one interesting
6: thing that I thought about the Ireland story, which is you know Sarah Ewart, who is the one suing the government, is she said women shouldn't be forced through the courts to have their rights realized. I just thought that's a nice nugget to end on.
1: Yeah, it is, and it also reminds me of something Ziwe said earlier in uh, the life of hysteria when she said that the line uh, for justice should not be about going viral, to, to paraphrase what, is, what Z-Way said. The road to justice should not be through going viral. All right. I'm, I'm for that. Yeah, I'm for that as well. Let's uh, keep fighting the good fight. Enjoy Palo Alto. Hope your uh, your sleep gets back to normal soon. Keep it hysterical, girl. I will. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
7: Hi guys, it's Z-Way. And Blair Imani. We are here, New York City, East Coast Hysteria, bringing you a topic. Some realness. Some segments. And our segment is called Let's Get Uncomfy. Uncomfy. You see how we did that in unison? It's because we're in agreement. Boom. All right, let's uh, chat about the caravan. Currently on its way to the United States, Blair.
8: Definitely. And um, let's also acknowledge that there will be some sensationalism in the media, but we're here to bring you some factual
7: facts. Exactly, because we know that people like to stoke the fear of white Americans, you know, anti immigration rhetoric. But we don't subscribe to that narrative. We subscribe to logic and reason and facts.
8: And subscribe to hysteria, which you should if you don't already. <laughs> At <laughs> <laughs> crooked.com. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so there is a caravan headed from Central America, totally. um, from Honduras, from other Central American countries that are you know, experiencing an extreme amount of violence and safety, uh, and kids uh, themselves are being um, re- pretty much sent uh, up north for a better promise for a better future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so President. Recently, the U.N. I think estimated that there are over 7000 migrants um, headed toward the U.S. And of course, Trump is turning this into uh, a political conversation, making it um, a be all end all for uh Positions on immigration, not just for the United States and for people running for Congress, uh, but for countries that are receiving aid from the United
7: States. Totally. And the crazy part is that the, the United States of America advertises itself as a land of opportunity, right? So this is like getting pissed at people for coming to Home Depot looking for a hammer. You know, these people are just looking for a better life and to demonize them d- isn't kind. And it's like, you know, demonizing I mean, people right? for coming
8: to Home Depot looking for hammers after you ruin their house. Exactly. Let's not forget about how the United States destabilized quite a bit of Central and South American countries in their conquest of shoring up the world against communism, against uh, trade. So if we look at, you know, Panama, if we're looking at Venezuela, if we're looking at Chile, Argentina, etc., we know
7: that the United States has ruined a couple of people's homes. Mm-hmm. And now folks are looking for a new place. Yeah, they're they're fleeing violence and poverty. They're just looking for safety,
8: really. It's it's really tragic. And so, z before we, we hopped on um, the pod, you were telling me that you're a first-generation immigrant. I am. And so how does it make you feel to see the immigrant conversation becoming so villainized and politicized? This
7: definitely gives me cause for concern. I just... The all These people are the same, whether they're from Africa, South America, from Australia, from Europe, as many Americans' ancestors are from. They're just looking for a place where they can work and provide for their families. Um, and that's always been the case. That's why the Pilgrims came here. you know. That's why Columbus came here. He was looking for opportunity in land and spices, I guess. I guess he stumbled upon America by accident. Anyway, point is, they just want... Something to provide and give their children. And I don't think that we should demonize these people. I think we should help them.
8: Definitely. Yeah. But, you know, as I was saying, Trump is bringing in all these ultimatums. And one of the ultimatums is against Mexico Mm -hmm. denying aid um, during hurricane season, which is extremely harmful. Um, Trump is just like this miser who... I mean, we all know
7: he's garbage. I don't need to belabor that point. The crazy thing about this caravan is that it actually happens all the time. In fact, there was one as recent as April that ended up dissipating from 1,000 people to 200 people, right? So there is clearly a crisis for immigration as far as people being trying to flee their hazardous and dangerous countries. But we should have a plan by now. This is We're not just making it up as we go along. Like We can't just scream, build a wall in our shower and consider the, this all solved. We need to have concrete plans. And I know that Mexico has some plans in terms of handling the migrants. Definitely. And, you know,
8: the U.S. did have uh, a couple plans, you know, back in, I think, 1990, the Congress did allow the president to make uh, sanctions for people or not sanctions, but allowances for people who are fleeing from, um, you know, violent situations, people who are coming as refugees, granting asylum. Um, But Mexico has taken a different turn. They've been a little bit harsher. So what Mexico is doing is Basically trying to, you know, quote unquote, ensure the safety of migrants, make sure that people are being tended to. Often what happens in the United States is that people are, you know, their fear, there's fear of deportation. And so people don't go for medical care. They don't Mm -hmm. go for emergency care. But in Mexico, there's a little bit more humanity in the way the policies are being handed down.
7: Totally. So for example, one of the policies is that they'll have anyone seeking refugee status must apply individually and wait up to 45 days at a migratory station while they're processed. Now that's good and bad because we're excited that they're even accepting refugee applications. But 45 days is a long time if you're totally in a different country from where you're from. You don't have food. You don't have water. You're at these migratory stations, but they're going to be overcrowded. And that's really hard for if you're raising a child. You're just trying to bring your little newborn baby to...
8: Safety. Or you're a child yourself. You know, exactly. this, this is really frightening, frightening for me because it, it sounds very similar to the immigration detention facilities that we're seeing in the United States. And while, you know, under Trump, they're um, more in the media. But this is something that happened under Obama. And my concern is what are the conditions of these places that folks are being held? We look at Trump as like this new dismal era for immigration, but Obama didn't necessarily grant asylum to a wide swath of people, Uh um, did accept refugees, but still deported quite a few people and families. So it's difficult to look at this, like you were saying, as just a Trump issue when this is, you know, these policies that we're seeing from Mexico, those aren't directly coming from Trump. Those are policies that Mexico has had as far as detention, as far as deportation, anybody for, for anybody who has entered, um, Mexico unlawfully um, or clandestinely, and the United States is really following suit. So it's kind of um, more than that, more than all these different policies swirling around, it frustrates me to see how resistance folks have lost sight of this. I feel like uh, immigration was huge in the news, you know, Patricio Cuomo climbed the the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I feel like the concern for migrant children, for families that have been separated, fizzled out because the, the news cycle shifted.
7: And still many of these families are separated. I think tr- Trump is a reflection of America's ugliest flaws. Mm-hmm. Right? So to say that he is the deporter-in-chief Trump is, you know, it's a, a- historical, but he definitely he reflects this anti-immigrant, anti-brown and black people, anti-non-white rich, And we see that in the rhetoric that he's stoking for the midterms. It actually breaks my heart when I think about the fact that people are being galvanized by this rhetoric against immigrants, right? It's like, I'm motivated by, like, celebrity tweets. That'll get me enough. That'll get me to the polls. Like, that's fine. But people need to, like, hate those that they've never met. They're afraid that a man from... Nigerian and Babatunde will steal their job. And that's what motivates them in their voting process. It makes me sad. And even more than that, there's like vigilantes uh,
8: across the border. I remember when I was in school at Louisiana State University, there was this huge rhetoric about people who, you know, like fellow students who were uh, so up- upset about this um, this rhetoric of you know a foreigner coming into the United States that people are taking up arms or I don't know if it's a present thing but uh, I know it did happen in the past around 2015, 2016. There's actually
7: a story about um, long in uh, Long Island people are like hoarding guns because they're afraid of MS thirteen as if MS thirteen is going to march through their doors. But th- that that's that's really what's the media narrative that we're reading from these super right conservative websites and. TV organizations, media like Sinclair. And so people are afraid. Yeah. So I think like the biggest, what we're coming down to
8: is that th- these this rhetoric, it's not only harmful to people because they're going to be in immigration detention facilities for more than 40 days in places that they don't know, like just seeking a better opportunity. But it's what it's going to do to people who are here in the United States, as far as the narratives, you know, anti-immigrant policies. We're seeing the backlash against trans people because of similar narratives
7: of fear. Totally. It's Talk about identity politics. We've been, you know, chastised by the right for believing that as a black woman, I am entitled to have my beliefs and entitled to not feel uncomfortable in certain spaces this is identity politics when you're saying you should hate this migrant group because they're stealing whatever from you they're, because they're violent these are not even based in fact and it's such a shame it truly
8: is you know i i really love when i see um protesters who are you know old women and they'll just like look at a congressperson and they'll just say shame I know it's very Game of Thrones, and I'm feeling it. You know, I think this is a moment of shame for America and for American media, especially who's um, reporting um, inauthentically on this. And so, I think it's important to reach out to organizations that are doing this work on DocuBlack, the the Just Alliance for Black Immigration, um, the uh, media organization We Are Me Too, Mm. just doing amazing work reporting on these struggles and making it, you know, rooted in material fact and not in fear.
7: Yeah, I think it was Tommy who tweeted today or yesterday that the story is the lies. And I think that's a really interesting way to approach Trump's approach to immigration is that he's lying. And there's got to be some culpability in that and some accountability in that because it's it's dividing us.
8: Definitely. But let's talk about the accountability. You know, people are saying you turn your co- your clock's back uh, early November, and then on the 6th, you're going to take your country back uh, November 6th. So accountability is key and I think the accountability is going to come on November 6th or whenever your voting date is so we can take back this country not from a mythologized foreigner like the you know um, right-wing media is trying to make us fear but from these bigots who are dividing us as a country and I just went to Vote Save America you're wearing the merch
7: right now. I'm wearing Vote Save America hat, Vote Save America shirt, Vote Save America shoes. Love it. I got it all over my bodice. Awesome. And so I went
8: to the website and I actually got a little calendar invite for where my poll place is. So I'll be Where's voting. Where's your poll place? I, it's right by my house. I'm not trying to tell people where I live. But um, I'm voting. <laughs> <laughs> that's my street. I'm voting um, right at 10 a.m. Cool. Yeah, you got to vote November. Early. So go to votesaveamerica.com and, you know, send yourself a little calendar invite. And then they send you a follow up email like you put it on your calendar. Now you got to do it. And then I'll come to your house personally and threaten you if you
7: don't get up and vote.
8: And Alyssa Monica said she would cook you salmon if you voted.
7: Oh, really? Yeah. I'll take her up on that offer. Yeah, that's why I'm voting. Yeah, I'm sure she's a great cook. Definitely.
8: We have to take a break. But when we come back, more hysteria.
0: Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Guys, it's been a rough year
1: And we're back. We wouldn't leave you without giving you guys the hills we're going to die on this week. I'm going to start. I have noticed that a lot of shoes nowadays just don't have backs on them. First of all, women's fashion has top to bottom gone ape shit. Mm -hmm. I I can't. I've I've gone shopping and I'm just like, no, none of this. I can't find anything. None of this. Why doesn't this have shoulders in it? Yeah. Why doesn't this and I've talked about this a lot. This is one of my you know, if I were if I were Miss America, this would be my platform. Uh, oh my god. Women's women's fashion has gone ape shit. You thought it would be abortion. No. It's <laughs> sleeves. It's women's fashion. It's just lost its goddamn mind. Um, but specifically shoes right now. There's a lot of shoes called mules, which I do not acknowledge are a real kind of shoe. They're just shoes without backs that come off your feet and you have to hold it with your toes and your toes cramp up. <laughs> Mules, I'm not gonna wear I will not buy them. I will not, and I encourage all of our listeners to do the same go on a mule related strike with me because they're 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 not even they're barely slippers. My, my issue with mules is that I don't like seeing cracked heels,
2: there's almost nothing grosser. And when you have a backless shoe, you be seeing those cracked it's heels be, all it's over, all out there. It is so it is grotesque.
1: It is, yeah, and I don't
2: moisturize like, or or put a put a heel on that.
3: You're moisturized or get your feet chopped
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> replace them with wheels exactly we're going grimm's fairy tales wheels
3: I, I like that the, I, like I, I always think of the idea of just stumps
1: <laughs> wheels would be awesome yeah i remember when i like when i would used when i used to run a lot more i remember thinking i wish that i just couldn't feel my legs like mm. i wish i just couldn't feel them. anyway mules can fuck themselves <laughs> i hate them okay Kieran, what's your hill? Go, Grace, and then I'll do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I should think about Kier- this. kieran in has got to okay. got to hike up her hill first. And I, yeah, I gotta, and, and then, then die on it. On
2: it. Yeah, exactly. and then die on it. I'm on I'm on top of my hill, and I'm ready to to just cycle right on down. Um, I like eating string cheese like a heathen.
1: This horrifies me.
2: Guys. I know. I don't think this is going to be popular at all. But imagine close you your it. eyes with me. Imagine a string cheese, and most of you, most of you plebes will be like, oh, I'm eating a string cheese. The word string is in the title. So you feel you have to string you have to pull you have to like you're pulling pork. You have to like pull the cheese. I don't like that. I, I chomp. So oh. imagine again, I hope your eyes are closed and you're imagining this with me. <laughs> I chomp down and I finish one of those suckers in like three bites. It's great. The texture's great. I love it. I oh. like that
3: this is the most non conformist <laughs> thing I feel like I've heard you say. Because really? I keep imagining like the that you pull off both sides of the string cheese, and you're like, imagine the cheese, and then I imagine the cheese there, uh-huh. and I imagine it just kind of flops over, uh-huh. and I imagine you just taking large chomps of it. while yes. Aaron looks on uh. in horror. Aaron is so grossed out right I'm now. I'm covering Her, my face. She really is. <laughs> Do you eat the pork like that too? The pulled pork, just no. I it. like
2: to pull pork.
3: You chomp that. Pork off is of-
2: for being pulled. Cheese is for for
3: chomping. I'd like if you chomp the pork right off the platter too, like no
1: utensils, or like anything. off the bone. Yeah, I do like that. It's yeah. every day is medieval times at Grace's. <laughs> 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 just giant legs of chicken, yep. chomping into the string cheese, just like they used to do in medieval times. Exactly. One <laughs> craft used to sponsor medieval times. <laughs> okay, Karen, what's your hell? So
3: I bought a pumpkin spice the pumpkin spice spice for the first time latte? in my life. In a little, no, like I bought, I bought the, the spice oh, rack style okay. spice. I saw it. It was a really an impulse buy. It's not that I regret it. It's that, you know, someone was having a pumpkin carving party, all of which I can't really get behind. But, but the pumpkin spice, I looked at the <laughs> ingredients. It's basically Indian tea. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is Indian tea. These are Indian tea <laughs> ingredients. Is this what this is what this is what the people have been, been is so excited about? <laughs> it's just like the only time you people use spices. I <laughs> say you people. It's like looking at Grace and Aaron. Very upsetting.
1: Oh, my God. I did so not know that. Wait a second. So, Karen, you are you, what you're getting at is that pumpkin spice is cultural appropriation?
3: It's basic. I don't know if it's cultural appropriation, but it's basically the ingredient. I was like, I read the ingredients. and I was like, this is Indian tea. These, these are. <laughs> this is like there's cardamom in it. There's cinnamon, nutmeg. There's nutmeg. I mean, it's like a. It's like it's Indian tea. It's Indian tea.
1: Wow, that's I did not know that. I'm really looking forward to Thanksgiving so I can have an Indian tea pie. Yeah, oh, that's yes.
3: What, but just I love that. It's like let's just put this spice in everything. What's and I was the like, word
1: for Indian tea? Or what's a variety Ch- well, of chai
3: like a, chai. like a chai. Yeah, those when you but when you put the individual ingredients in it, I was like, it's all these ingredients.
1: <laughs> this is that's one of my favorite hills. This is a great hill. I'm glad it took us as long as it took to get there because it was worth it. Thank Very you. Worth and I'll, I can't wait to be dead on it as well. That's all the time we have for hysteria today. Grace and Kieran are perfect. So thank you both for coming by. Blair and Z-Way in New York, thank you for our us get uncomfy. And as always, Alyssa Master Monaco killed it with Uterus Weekly. There'll be more
8: hysteria next week I am from another planet. This nation should charge like in these girls got van 2K email let's get it? Don't take no fruit and it's it. Um girl with a map that's overdone. Right, cause girls just wanna have fun. So Annie, get your gun. Give them a